Hi, this is Sean Blackshear, life insurance broker for First Family Life Allegiance. Did you know that life insurance not only will cover you if you pass away, but it's also used to build a legacy for your family. It can also help you generate income. It can protect your mortgage and it can cover you with any kind of medical affliction. Please contact me at 314-374-3412. Or please drop me a message on on Facebook and like the page at First Family Life Allegiance or go to my website, firstfamilylifeallegiance.com and schedule an appointment and I'll call you at a time that works for you. Yes, celebrate, celebrate. This is Christy Danielle, the talk lady, and you are listening to the Before After podcast. Listen, before we go any further, of course, I'm going to tell you what I always tell you. Please subscribe to this podcast, okay? The Before After podcast with Christy Danielle on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. It's a celebration. Why? Because today is uh, the last session of this season. Yes, this is a season finale. Oh, I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Kudos to me. Listen, if you've ever done a podcast, you would know how this is a very, a very weighty, heavy thing. Like, you have to come in. You got to record your shows. You know, and so I am giving a shout out to MMS Media. Thank you, Martinez. I'm so appreciative. Um, and then, of course, thank you guys who you who have subscribed, or even if you just listen. I don't even care to how many episodes, even a snippet. Listen, I am so appreciative. So this is a huge, huge celebrating moment for me. And so today's uh, season finale session topic will be actually, it's called exit counseling. Yes, exit counseling. So what is exit counseling? Um, So pretty much exit counseling is when you wrap up a certain season that a client is going through. This is the moment where you refer them out or you look over the goals, what they came to therapy for, and you just kind of see, you know, whether they met their goals, what do we need to work on, what do we need to tweak. Um, And then, like I said, if you need to refer them out. Side note, I think it's very unethical for therapists to keep clients knowing that if the client is not benefiting, don't just steal their money, send them on. Uh, But that's just a side note about me. So, yes, today is exit counseling. So today will be like a recap, okay, of certain topics that we talked about, certain strategies that we talked about. If this is your first time ever listening to the Before After podcast, I encourage you to go back to listen to the other episodes, but we all know we call them sessions. So I encourage you to listen to the other sessions because this is very, uh, it's very crucial that you get the strategies. I am a firm believer. I said it once before and I'll say it again. It's, I don't like it when therapists have clients just come in and talk 
because what you practice inside of the sessions or inside of the four walls of the office is what you will practice outside of the four walls. What you rehearse and are confronted about and, and apply within the session, you're going to do it outside the session. So what I always tell my clients, I say, after a while, you're going to start hearing my voice when you're out in public. <laughs> you're going to start seeing my face when you're out in public because we practice it so much and clients actually come back and they say, oh my gosh, I was tripping and, but I heard your voice and was like, okay, we already talked about this. I'm like, yes. So today is an exit session and I, um, wanted to really just focus on, like I said, recapping the strategies and the importance of the therapeutic relationship. The therapeutic relationship is so important. I have clients, okay, that come in, they never had, um, let's say, they never had people who were consistent, who showed them that they cared, people always leaving their life they're kicking people out of their lives so the therapeutic relationship changes the game for clients because see therapy is a very personal thing so when it comes to therapy and it gets very personal I'm seeing the beautiful side of people I'm seeing the ugly ugly side of people I'm hearing things that they never told anybody that's the beauty of therapy and yet I am still here walking with you through this process and if you've ever been de debating or going back and forth in your mind, if you should see a therapist, hopefully this will really uh, cause you to make a decision. Because, see, I have clients who are, who are consistent, who were consistent, and because of the therapeutic relationship, they use that as a standard of relationship. And so hopefully if you listen to the past sessions and the constant, the constant, continuity of the relationship that I hope that I have developed with you all you would take this as you know what all people are not bad everybody's not out to get me and that's something that's one of the episodes of I, I believe it was called who's the real snake or something like that and we talked about that TikTok trend uh, that was going around when everybody was saying when they first meet somebody they could automatically tell if they're a snake or not but in this video that I did actually went viral on TikTok. It's up to like 190,000 views right now. So many likes, so many shares. But one thing that I said was that, how do you know? Well, basically you cannot trust your gut or your instincts if you are, if your soul is filled with unhealed trauma. You could be discerning or interpreting your own actions, your own traumas, but you're projecting them off on people. Could it be that we're looking at life through the lens of trauma? I've said this, see, we re we're recapping. I said this, I said, um, trauma behaves like a bully. It tells you who to marry or who to date. It tells you how to be a parent. It tells what careers uh, to go into. For instance, I could not make a decision in life without my mother. I grew up under a very controlling, uh, authoritative household. It was like military, okay? So when it's like military, I, I did not learn to think for myself. That's a trauma. And so I went into nursing because, uh, let me just tell you, my older brother 
he went he got accepted into UMKC's six-year medical school program he decided you know what I don't want to be a doctor I want to do something else so he ended up graduating with his four-year degree with something else he didn't become a doctor then my sister said uh then my sister wasn't really clear on what she wanted to do my big sister she was one of my guests uh and she went into nursing school she had one year left of nursing school and she dropped out and ended up becoming a teacher and now she's getting her doctorate um uh, educational doctorate so then it comes to me I didn't really know what I was going to do. So then I went to school to be a nurse and I ended up graduating. My background is I'm, I also have my bachelor's in nursing. And come to find out, my mother always wanted to be a nurse. So that's traumatic. Love my mom. Love my mom. But she was putting on uh, her desire to be a nurse. She never achieved that. So she was like, one of my kids going to be in the medical field. And, and I end up becoming a nurse. But see, that's trauma because I, my personality was not made for nursing. I mean, I, I like to talk and connect and walk with people and help people grow and, and to build with them. And I can't do that if you're in a coma and I got you on a propofol drip. Come on. A pro, that's what we give clients uh, who are in the ICU or, you know, something like that. If it's like a really like a severe critical condition, we give them propofol. And that kind of puts them in like a coma-like state, whatever. Um, so, yeah, trauma will choose your career. Trauma will tell you how to parent. So a lot of us, and we also talked about this actually in the very first episode, our guest was Taryn Walton, that we parent out of rejection. If I didn't have this, then uh, my kids are going to, I'm going to make sure my kids have this. I grew up poor, so now I'm going to make sure my kids have everything. But now we have a generation that, that don't understand the word no. So that this is very crucial so the point of this show is also it brings awareness how can i identify my traumas and my triggers uh, something my father in the ministry uh told me apostle john Dillon, and i mentioned this i believe in a lot of sessions was that there are always three voices fighting for your mind. Now, these are for people who come for Christian counseling. If if you're not a believer, that's okay. But I just want to make this statement. He said there are always three voices fighting for your mind. The voice of God, the voice of the enemy, and the voice of your soul slash trauma. Tra the soul is where trauma is stored. And now there's research coming out. It's called uh, epigenetics. And it's actually showing that trauma can be traced back 14 generations. So can you imagine if your ancestors were slaves, as most likely they were for African-Americans, you know, if your ancestors were slaves and then they dealt with the anxiety and trauma of not knowing if they were going to live that day or not. And so now, on top of epigenetics, we call it cellular genetic memory, where now we're realizing our actual cells, our actual cells remember trauma. Oh my goodness. So everything in the human body is made up of cells, okay? So if your cells remember it, so when I say everything, I'm even talking about the woman's uterus. So if my ancestors dealt with trauma of slavery and then their cells remember it 
then my great 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 grandma or grandfather as they're being born and their as they were being born in their mother's wombs cellular genetic memory that was eventually passed down the same cells that remember the trauma are now the same cells that help birth the child oh my goodness this is just powerful so I want us to realize that the soul houses the trauma and then also our cells remember it our minds remember it because trauma literally alters the protein around the DNA and how severe the trauma is it's uh, I remember watching a YouTube video and it said um, if if we don't use that traumatic response it, it, it kind of wraps tighter and tighter around like the protein wraps tighter and tighter around the DNA because you're not really using it but if you're using it it'll loosen up loosen up loosen up loosen up so it's easily accessible so now becoming an alcoholic is not only a learned behavior it's a genetic behavior oh my goodness so I want us to realize some of the things that we're dealing with is it really could be your ancestors it's not even really you but we have to be aware of our mind and our bodies and so another episode we talked about which is I hope some of us gained awareness how does it manifest when you having anxiety how does it feel in your body for me it feels like a bottomless pit feeling in my stomach and so when I start feeling that out of nowhere I know uh uh-oh it's a panic attack coming or it's something's going on I'm triggered somewhere and so I actually have to go and sit down and really think about what is bothering me and then here's the thing some of us could just be we could just relax and chilled and then all of a sudden the anxiety is coming and we talked about this because your brain is so not used to resting Uh uh-oh why are we resting we need to be on guard because a trauma could happen because your brain is so used to having a trauma and being in a traumatic state that resting is foreign so another so what I hope that we gained in the first season is we're also learning how to rest what controls our fight or flight um if of course it's our reptile brain and that's you know the amygdala and all of that and so can you imagine your brain going through a back-to-back trauma over and over and over again it never was out of fight or flight so so now we are in a constant state of fight or flight so then your brain says fine we're never going to shut off so now we're operating in life as if we're overseas in the military okay or if we're just in the military period everybody is an enemy so when we talk about viewing and interpreting life through the lens of trauma could it be that you you're if you're interpreting life through the lens of trauma could it be that you're wrong in some of your interpretations Everybody is not an enemy. Everybody is not out to get you. You mean to tell me there is everybody is is just has a hidden agenda and a hidden motive? But that may be your reality if that's all you were surrounded by. But you could be this is what I said in the video, you could be missing out on divine opportunities and relationships and things like that 
because you are fearful of reliving the trauma again. So really, that's trauma telling you to sit down, shut up, do what I say, because you don't want me to come back up. That's how a lot of us have been living life. And we and we talked about some of those things in another episode or session. We talked about trust versus safety. Which one do you want? I'm sorry, not trust versus safety, love versus uh, love versus safety. Which one do you want? Because this is something I realized in my therapy session. See, side note, I always say never trust a therapist who ain't got a therapist. Okay, but that's I'm like, how are you healing people? And and, and you ain't getting healed. That's just look. That's just me personally. Um, because and sometimes we house that when people say things. That's empath. So we house certain things in our minds and in our bodies. You need a place to release what you're housing. So that's just me. And then we need to remember how it feels to be a client. Because we can kind of snap out of that and it becomes like autopilot. But we talk, but going back, love versus safety, which one uh, do you choose? And I remember being in my counseling session with, uh, you know, I remember being with my therapist and I realized, um, No one in my life has ever made me feel safe. I've never felt safe by anybody. That's huge. So I'm always in self-protecting mode. And and that led me to the following session, which we we called emotional gender roles. I'm not a fan of these terms, but I'll use them for the sake of the conversation and for us to get a level of understanding. I was always operating in the masculine. And I would want, and even in my marriage, I'm divorced, but even in my marriage, I was the masculine one. He was the feminine one, meaning I, I, I brought home the, all the money. I controlled the, how the house went. I laid the foundation for the house, but he was more of the domesticated one, domesticated one. But it caused an issue in the marriage because there was no balance. And something I said in the emotional gender role, and my guest was my best friend, uh, Ariana, and she's also the host of the Rendezvous podcast, Shameless Plug, Shameless Plug, please go listen to that. She's in her second season, actually. But uh, one of the things we talked about was there was no balance. And when there is no balance, see, when I'm triggered, I go into my masculine. I'm very defensive. I, you know, you're not going to talk to me any kind of way. So if everybody is an enemy, I'm going to treat everybody with masculine energy. But then I'm wondering why, as a woman, I can't get certain men to approach me. Uh, now, if that triggered you, go see your therapist. Or you can email me before after, gmail, before after counseling at gmail.com and we can talk about it. <laughs> but... Yeah. So I was operating in this masculine way. So I had to learn how to be feminine. And one thing I realized when I'm not safe, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be vulnerable. Vulnerability and learning to receive things. That's feminine characteristics, meaning that's feminine energy, as the term would say, you know, masculine energy is very protective. um, But feminine energy is 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 receiving mode. So I had to learn this. I'm writing a book and I mentioned this uh, in, I believe in this set, in that particular session, but I said I was born a woman, but I was raised like an emotionally detached man. Oh gosh. So I didn't care about emotions. I literally was dealing with relationships like a business. It is what it is and, and that's it. But so if, 
safety is very important because when you feel safe, you feel free to let people in. So now I'm asking you a question. We see we're going over strategies. What makes you feel safe? We also, and most likely, the definition of your safety, you have to take into account the trauma that you've been through. See, the trauma that I've been through, I remember waking up, hearing a lot of bumping, and there were fights that I had to break up as a child between my mother and my stepfather. So making me feel safe, literally, something as simple as you sitting in silence with me. That makes me feel safe. Because, see, when my brain became so hypervigilant, the air conditioner could click on and I'm jumping. So any type of noise would set me off. My kids would call my name, hey, mom, hey, mom. And, and then all of a sudden I would get nervous. And they would text me, mom, in all caps. And I'm like, why are you texting me in all caps? That automatically put me in a, tra- in a traumatic state. That's called hypervigilance. Your brain has not calmed down. So I was, and so it was ruining my relationships. I mean, I ended up having to put my oldest in therapy um, because I was so anxious, I passed that on to him. And so now we're dealing with test anxiety and a lot of things that we're working out, even in our relationship, because I passed on that anxiety to him. But uh, so much better now, so much better. But it's the hypervigilance. So safety is very important. So I want you to even take the time out in between seasons. (laughs) I really tell clients in between sessions, but for the sake of the podcast, in between seasons. And I want you to write down what makes me feel safe. If I went through this trauma, I need the opposite of that. Okay. And then this is something that I also tell clients. Um, what, What is your purpose? The thing is, healing, going through your healing process, healing is the most beautifulest, I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to make it up today. Healing is the most beautifulest, ugliest thing that you could ever do. So in order to, to sustain and maintain your mind and the progress you've made, you're going to have to work your purpose. So this is what I tell clients all the time. I say, what are the things that you hate about yourself yes i use the term hate on purpose it's very therapeutic it's dramatic but i try to get clients to really see some things so i use the term hate on purpose (laughs) but what what are some things you hate about yourself meaning some characteristics they write and i say write them down and they write down i hate this i hate that i want to change this i want to change that and then i say what are some things that you hate that you've been through and they write it down. I hate this. I hate that I witnessed this. I hate that I made this mistake. I, I hate that so-and-so did this to me. I hate that so-and-so forced me to do this. I hate that I grew up this way. And so we write that down. And then I say, the things that you hate about yourself it, are, the, are your clients or clientele. Those are the people who are going to purchase your product. And then I say, You hate that you went through this. You hate that you went through that. You hate that they did this to you. I said, that's your actual product. That's your purpose. You have, all of us, we've been in this state of avoiding the trauma and not looking in the mirror. But the trauma, if we really confront it, gives us a perfect picture of our purpose. My mind was the biggest issue. So now my clientele will be people who struggle in their minds. I hate some of the things that I went through. So now that's my product. 
yes, I'm a, I'm a therapist. You know, I, I do this and I do that. It was a perfect indicator of what I was going to pull people out of. You're going to have to work your purpose to walk out your healing. It gives you a bump up when you need it. It gives you a win, W-I-N, when you need it. It's very important. You're going to have to work your purpose. Something I always say, purpose is your permission to leave perversion. Perversion is just the opposite of healthy. It's a, perver- it's a perverted, unhealthy way of thinking. So when you work your purpose, it gives you permission to be like, you know what? I ain't got to be like this. I'm going to think different because my purpose and my future is more than enough. It's worth it. So uh, you're going to have to work. And so in between sessions, seasons, I want you to do that exercise. What makes you feel safe? And then what are some things that you don't like about yourself and some things that you hate that you've been through? Remember, that's your product and that's your clientele. You could you not confronting your trauma is like you sitting on the million dollar deal that you've been waiting on. Uh, so I, I just listen, that freed me when I just said it. I have so many ideas. People say, how do you come up with your podcast topic? How do you come up with your uh, seminar topics when I sometimes host seminars? I say, I just look at myself and what I go through. And so I want us to really realize that you're going to have to work your purpose when the process of healing becomes a bit much. It's going to move. It's going to shift your mind. Okay. And so three things I mentioned this, I believed in the, my first session. Uh, the first episode was interpretation, emotional safeness and resiliency. Interpretation. And we talked about this just in this podcast. Yes. Am I interpreting life through the lens of trauma? Are they really tripping or am or is my trauma telling me they're tripping and they're really not tripping? Interpretation. Then emotional safeness. We all have different emotional safe languages. One emotional safeness, some people need to talk it out. That makes them feel emotionally safe. Other people, their emotional safeness, they need to go to themselves for a minute. It's okay to separate. It's not okay to isolate. I just want to put that out there. So that's an emotional safeness. Okay. So we need to determine what is our emotional safeness. And then also I encourage you to take the quizzes. They're completely free. Uh, the five love languages and the five languages of apology. You need to learn your love language and your apology language because how you receive love and reconciliation and sorries and apologies, that's very important. That goes into your emotional safeness language. So interpretation, emotional safeness, and then resiliency. What is your bounce back? How Resiliency is how fast you can bounce back after a trauma. So our resiliency needs to... Uh, to be need to be very high or in this instance um our resiliency our bounce back needs to be we cannot sit in the trauma for too long we cannot entertain the traumatic thoughts we need to shift quickly okay so because the longer you stay in it trauma will shift you into isolation island isolation island means i'm sitting in this place where I'm surrounded by the trauma of what happened. Can you imagine being surrounded on an island by all of your trauma? That's very big. So uh, we we need to reorient back to reality. 
So to reorient back to reality, one of the techniques uh, that I gave, use your five senses. Senses. This is mindfulness. If you find yourself spiraling out of control in your mind, uh, list five things you see, four things you hear, three things you can touch, touch two things you smell, one thing you taste. But Or you can do five things you're tasting, you know, four things you're seeing. It doesn't matter what which five cents you use for either one, but it's just five, four, three, two, one. Reorient yourself, pull yourself back in reality. Get in the moment, okay? And so, because that calms, that shifts your mind from the um, emotional brain to the logic brain. I don't care what anybody says. Something my mentor, Dr. Mike Davis said. He said, your emotional brain will always win. Because what's the point? Because your emotional brain is your safety brain, your reptile brain. What's the point of being logical if you're dead? That's why safety comes first. I don't need to think about life if my life is about to be taken. So we got to shift you back into your logical brain. Um, and when we look back, a lot of times we overreacted about it. We like, okay, that I took that out of out of hand or something like that or I interpreted interpreted that wrong but that's because we're looking at life through the lens of trauma and trauma and anxiety will make you feel like you're about to die it can be the smallest thing it doesn't matter so I just wanted to use this last session this exit counseling to see if we if we've achieved our goal we needed a recap on strategies that we needed to apply okay and if you need assistance go back listen to the other sessions please reach out to me I do seminars I do speaking engagements uh, before after counseling at gmail.com I want you guys to heal healing is very important and it is possible but you got to do the work so go back listen to the other sessions um, reach out before after counseling at gmail.com I thank you all for coming along with me on this first season journey we will be back for season two okay the before after podcast please subscribe tell your friends tell your neighbors okay and as always i'm closing out this session is something i try to make myself remember to always close out especially this exit counseling which is who were you before the trauma who was that person Until next season and next session, I love you guys. Heal well.